Imagine a business built on what matters most to you. One inspired by creativity and connection, where purpose leads to profit and wealth is measured not just by your bottom line, but by your higher self. Welcome to the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast, where we connect the spiritual with the practical to create a holistic approach to entrepreneurship. Leave the hustle behind and let your intuition lead the way as you grow a successful, fulfilling business and a joyful, radiant life. Hello there, and welcome to the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast. My name is Lee Shea McDonough, and I am so very excited to have you join me for today's episode. Today's episode is a super special one to me. Not only is it my first guest interview for this podcast, but I also get to introduce you to one of my most favorite human beings on the planet. Her name is Melody Wilding, and in addition to all of the amazing things she's accomplished that I'm going to tell you about in a minute, she is also my business BFF. There is absolutely no way I would have accomplished half of what I've done in my business if it weren't for Melody's counsel, her guidance, and her support. I am just so grateful to her. And so when it came time to have the first guest interview on the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that it had to be Melody. So my friend and colleague, Melody Wilding, helps smart, sensitive, high achievers manage the mental and emotional aspects of striving for a successful career and a balanced life. As an entrepreneur, coach, professor, writer, and licensed social worker, Melody helps her clients find confidence and calm amidst all their ambition and drive. Her advice has been featured in the New York Times, the Washington Post, Entrepreneur, Fast Company, and dozens of other major media outlets. She also teaches human behavior at Hunter College in New York City, and she writes about careers, psychology, and the workplace for Forbes, Inc., Business Insider, and Quartz. I mean... If that's not impressive, I don't know what is. She is just so talented, so wise, and so generous with her knowledge. And so that's why I am so excited to share our interview with you today. So let's get to it. Hey, Melody, and welcome to the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast. You are my first ever guest interview, so I am so excited to have you on the show. And I am incredibly honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, well, as I said in the intro, when it came time to think of who would be my first guest, I knew it had to be you. Like 100%, it had to be you. So thank you for joining me today. I couldn't be happier to be here and to kick this off with you. Well, let's dive right in then. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your business and how you make a living? Yes. So I am a coach for sensitive high achievers or people I call sensitive strivers. And my clients tend to be top performers at Fortune 500 companies like Google and IBM. Um, But I also work with small business owners and entrepreneurs. The thing is that regardless of their industry or their title, the one thing they all have in common is that they think and feel more deeply than other people. And that manifests in a lot of different ways, which we can get into. So I primarily make my living through a combination of one-on-one coaching, uh, courses, writing, and also being a professor here at a university in New York City. I mean, is there anything that you don't do? (laughs) Sometimes I ask myself that question too. (laughs) I mean, but really everything you do, you show up and you give it your all. And it's one of the things that I really admire most about you. I, I really appreciate that. It's, you know, one of my values is, is excellence. 
that can sometimes tip over. The shadow side of that can be perfectionism and, and overdoing it and burnout. So I definitely have to watch that tendency, but I, I, I really appreciate that. Well, and I'm wondering if excellence is another thing that tends to unite the people that you work with, the people that you call sensitive strivers. It does. It does. Excellence, integrity, feeling like you want to make an impact. And I always talk about managing those strengths. They, they are tremendous strengths and they are the core of what makes you who you are and why you probably got into this whole business thing. Uh, but at the same time, they exist on a spectrum, right? So we have to be careful not to over rely on those strengths or overuse them because sometimes if we take them too far, just like anything, they can they each have their shadow side or they can each become a liability. I would love to dig into that a little more if that's okay, because I think on the, sur- on the surface, when you talk about excellence and all of the other qualities that sensitive strivers embody, it seems all good, but you're exactly right that every quality, every trait has a shadow side. And if taken too far, then it can actually work to our detriment. And so I'm wondering what are some kind of key signs that you see in your clients that signal, okay, maybe we're taking this a little too far? I think first and foremost is this almost addiction to achievement Mm -hmm. and addiction to the external, that need for validation, that need for approval. And so excellence is one thing, but it's really about what it's being driven by. And you talk a lot about this, and, and I think this can help lead us into our definition of spiritual entrepreneurship. But it's really making sure that what you're driven by is, is not fear. And that tends to be what I see when a, when a lot of client, clients, before they come to me, they have what I call an honorable hangover, which is these are lifelong good girls, straight A students. They are the person that if they got a B in class, they were devastated. So they care about doing their best and being their best and making other people happy. And they were that person that was on the honor roll and in all the extracurriculars, and they try to do the right thing. And throughout their lives, they have ticked all the boxes and done everything right, yet they may have arrived at this point in their life where they're still unhappy, almost to the point where they have overworked, overgiven. They have followed the path for success that someone else has laid out for them, rather than trusting themselves So it's almost like this blind achievement just to kind of fill that gap and effort their way to cover their insecurities, cover a lack of confidence. So it's almost like a compensation, overcompensation for that, thinking that will make them happy, but it doesn't. It kind of leads to this never-ending treadmill. Exactly. It feels kind of like this spiral, this Mm -hmm. cycle that just keeps going and going. And it's rooted in this place of both sensitivity of of really feeling those emotions deeply, and then also wanting to achieve. And I'm resonating so strongly with your description, because I'm especially remembering myself in high school, you know, wanting to just do more and be more and get the A and get into the good school and get the good life. And so much of that was externally focused and people pleasing. I wanted to make my parents proud. I wanted to stand out among my peers. But there was also this inner drive too, because I felt like, well, if I'm not constantly achieving, then who am I? That just resonates really strongly with me. And so it was this kind of 
external validation coupled with this internal motivation. And a lot of times it, it just left me feeling stuck. Like no matter what I did, it wasn't going to be enough. Exactly. And the people pleasing, right? That's such a big Huge. component of it. So mm-hmm. big. So you kind of alluded to this before, but I'm wondering when we, when we think about sensitive strivers and the challenges that they face, where does spirituality come into this? It plays a big component, even though, you know, I don't think most of my clients or even myself really thought about it as spirituality for a long time. And there's a few ways. I think first and foremost, as a sensitive person, you are really dealing with this inner world on overdrive all the time. So you are so keenly aware of what your own emotional barometer is at all times. And I think almost sometimes that can actually lead to a dulling out of listening to your intuition. So many of my clients, their entire lives have been told that, you know, grow a thicker skin or stop taking things so seriously. You always overreact to everything. Mm-hmm. And so instead of they have learned to not trust themselves and to not listen to their intuition. And these are people who do have that incredible capacity and depth, uh, perceptiveness to be able to pick up on things that other people may not within themselves and in others to spot patterns and kind of make those subconscious connections between things, yet it's been conditioned out of them. And that has almost turned off in a kind of paradox of paradoxical way, they have this deep capacity for intuition and feeling deeply and being connected, but they might turn that off. Yeah. It's almost like a silencing, like they've Mm -hmm. been silenced or they're silencing themselves in order to make it through this big, bad world out there. And they've been told by others that the way they are with their gifts of sensitivity and being able to tap into their emotions and probably the emotions of others makes them really empathetic, mm-hmm. that's seen as a liability. And so exactly. then they learn really quickly, like, okay, it's not safe for me to show up in the world this way. And so I think what really struck me about that was the idea that we have to learn how to tune back into our intuition. It's like we have to recondition ourselves in order to show up in the world as ourselves. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, just if I could go back, what, one more thing about um, how yes, spirituality and, and sensitivity connect is really also dealing in this realm of managing your energy. And I think that's so important for sensitive strivers, for almost anyone, but especially uh, sensitive people in particular, because so much of our, our lives it, are revolve around managing time. Mm-hmm. Yet, as a sensitive person, you really have to pay attention to where you are devoting your mental, mental, physical, spiritual energy and manage that as well. So in terms of your intuition and listening to it, this is where we have to start small. I don't think that overnight, most of us are not going to go from this place where I don't trust myself. I don't, I doubt, I second guess everything that I do. I think the first step is recognizing how much exactly it shows up for you, mm-hmm. how often you might get those intuitive hits or those intuitive nudges, but it turns into second guessing. It turns into a feeling of imposter syndrome. And so I think actually raising your awareness of how deep a pattern it's become is really the first step. So really awareness then is the first step. What comes after awareness? 
For me, it's reframing and understanding. So most of my clients have such incredible emotional depth and they have spent so long feeling like those emotions are a liability. But any thought, any emotion, any reaction is data. And learning to sit with it and understand what it's trying to send us, whether it's anger saying that, hey, this is something I really care about and that is worth fighting for, or this is something I need to set a boundary around. If it's overwhelm, letting it lead you towards understanding that this is a place where I have to set better priorities. I have to figure out what needs to be done in a certain order and tackle something that way. So really starting to sit with and understand what your emotions, what your thoughts are even trying to tell you, I think is the second step. I think that's really important, this idea that when we have an emotion, we can be aware of it. So it's, yeah, I'm angry or I'm sad, whatever it may be. But then instead of having that define us, it sounds like what you're suggesting is that we really look at it as information that can tell us more about who we are, how we're showing up in the world and and what's really important to us. Yes. And then once we've reframed it, then I get the sense that it really frees us up then to make decisions and move forward in the world. Is that, is that kind of the next step? Yeah. So many of my clients are really like so ingrained in these reactive patterns that they don't even realize it's almost like something will trigger them, you know, a situation at work, a, a colleague will, you know, say a snide remark or they'll get overwhelmed by a mistake they made or something like that. And it's almost like hitting play on a tape recorder that this old script just automatically plays out. And so it's really being able to understand what your typical pattern of responding is. If it's that I retreat or I go on attack, you know, we all tend to have certain blueprints. For most of my clients, it looks like retreating, that they avoid conflict. They don't want to say anything. They'll just keep working harder to try to prove themselves So it's recognizing that tendency and guiding yourself. So I actually provide clients with a lot of different questions to ask yourself. Every situation is going to look different. It's impossible for me to say what success would look like for someone in any scenario. But I think having that dialogue with yourself about what would my ideal outcome be here? What would the best that could happen be? And how satisfied am I with that? What's the worst that could happen? And what would I do if that came to be? What would I regret not doing in this situation? What's the top value that I want to bring forward here? And how do I act upon that? I really like that because I think a lot of times we know what we don't want. You know, maybe it's, I don't want to cry at work or I don't want to look weak in front of my boss or everything that I don't want. Really what you're suggesting is, yeah, okay, that's part of it. But we also need to be really clear about what we do want. What would the ideal outcome look like so that we know what we're working towards? And then also, you know, we do need to be mindful of what could happen, maybe less than ideal, maybe even worst case. But then we're also able to really objectively look at how likely it is that's going to happen. And so it just feels like that whole process is so empowering. Exactly. And it's really getting back in touch with yourself of intuitively, many times my clients will know intuitively what they want to do. Mm -hmm. It's about getting through the layers of muck about what they think they should do or how other people will perceive them if they respond in a certain way. 
So a lot of it is, is working through that and getting back to what their first intuitive hunch was. Yeah. So really trusting themselves again, understanding that they have a deeper inner wisdom that is just as important as all of the external data they're receiving from other people or from the world around them. That's right. So knowing you the way I do, I know just how much you show up for your clients. I mean, they, you really give it your all. And I know that because you've done that for me just in our conversations. When I'm working through something, when I'm struggling, I will say one of your superpowers is absolutely reframing. I mean, you are just so good at that. But I'm also sitting here thinking that it takes a lot of energy to do that kind of work. And you talked about energy management before. And so I'm wondering kind of in your personal journey of entrepreneurship, what has helped you continue to be able to show up for your clients? My journey as a spiritual entrepreneur has definitely evolved. I'm very, I feel very early in this process. I feel very green starting to even accept myself as a spiritual person. Even that feels a little bit foreign to me, but certainly managing my energy doesn't. (laughs) I am a lifelong introvert. I am, I've always been told I was a sensitive person and I always, I, I always felt a little out of place because of that. Even I can remember even being younger or even earlier in my career and business, just being so tired that I couldn't do something that I couldn't, I didn't have the mind space or the energy for a certain task. When I was around other people, my friends or my partner could just plow through that sort of thing that the, the energy wasn't the issue for them. So I have had to be really careful about who I give my energy to, how I spend that time. And so for me, what I have found work best is really, I'm the type of person where I work best with structure. So uh, I also know myself and I take that knowledge of knowing myself and I have built, I've really crafted and really built into my business systems, structure that really help me protect myself from myself because I know I have a tendency to overdo it. So I need to build in those checkpoints, but also give me, uh, give me the right structure I need to allow my energy to be the best and show up for my clients in the best way possible. So what that typically looks like is time blocking my schedule. So I currently see clients two days a week and I create content the other three days a week. And for me, this has been a, absolute and total game changer. Because when I am in client mode, I can fully turn that on and I can be wholly present with my clients. And even before I get into my sessions for the day, I do have some, I I never recognize them as spiritual practices, but I think they really are. So I will tell myself, I, you know, I, I go through some centering practices before I get on my first calls for the day. I pull an oracle card from my deck that was given to me by you. Um, So it has very special meaning, but I pull a card from the deck to really guide me for that day. And I do a short round of breath work to center myself. And I say to myself, to me and through me. And I just say that to myself about three times. To me and through me. That's so powerful. Yeah. And, And as a coach, you know, I... I'm so grateful to do the work that I do, but as a coach, so much of being present with my clients is just even watching like what comes out for what comes up for me 
and intuitively, where am I sensing I need to take this? So much of what happens in coaching sessions, I could never even explain. Uh, you are wonderful yeah. at, at explaining some of the techniques in coaching. But for me, it's almost this unexplainable process that I have to tap into flow for. And a lot of it I know doesn't come from me. I know a lot of it comes from somewhere else. Yeah, there's a magic that happens. I mean, yes. a lot of times our job is simply to create the boundaries, mm-hmm. uh, create the container to allow that to happen. But what actually occurs in a coaching session, a lot of times we couldn't predict it, we can't plan it. And you're right, there is something else, some other energy that comes in and helps shape that interaction. Exactly. Thank you so much for sharing that because what really kind of strikes at me is how for you it started not from how do I want to bring my spirituality into my work, but really from a place of, like you said, energy management. How can I make sure that I'm taking care of myself in such a way that I can continue to serve the way I want to? And so it was from this energy management perspective that some more spiritual practices came in for you. Is that fair to say? That's exactly right. And so I'm curious what, how, how you view your evolution as a spiritual entrepreneur. You mentioned that it's still something that you feel a little new with. And, and I'm curious what this has been like for you. It has been, um, it feels like going through another puberty, <laughs> if I'm honest. Like that, that's exactly what <laughs> it feels it. like. It's like spiritual yeah. adolescence. That's exactly what it feels like. Uh, I feel like I got to this point where my business was, became more steady and it was almost like to unlock this next level, I needed to unlock something in myself. And that went beyond just having the right tactics and tools. It went much deeper to that. And that's where I really started to lean into some more of this spiritual work. And what's funny is that as a child, I was really into this stuff. Like I was really into tarot and Ouija boards and like horoscopes. I did actually my college, my um, undergrad thesis was on horoscopes. So really? Uh, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. That's so funny. <laughs> yes. So I, I'm, I was really into this stuff and I just kind of lost that in the, in the first few years of business. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's, it's so fun to bring it back in. Um, it, it's like getting in touch with this younger self and also this, the next evolution of myself. So it's this weird, um, I feel like I'm straddling two different time periods. (laughs) So, I mean, that's what I'm very much in the middle of this and even, even figuring out what uh, my spirituality looks like and who I can share that with. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's also been an interesting journey. So yeah, I, that's, that's kind of where I am with it. Well, thank you for being so open and transparent about that. And I, I would say that many of us feel the same way. And I think many of us will continue to because when we think about who we are as spiritual beings, it really is an ongoing evolution. Mm-hmm. It's not like we achieve enlightenment and then yes. like we're done. You know, like it's not like there's some checklist out there and we can check all the boxes and then it's like, all right, I'm enlightened. I'm good to go. You know, like it really is an ongoing process. And just as we learn something new about ourselves or the world around us, then we're presented with a new opportunity to deepen our knowledge and our understanding. And so in a way, I don't know if that feeling of spiritual adolescence ever goes away. Maybe we get a little more comfortable in our skin, 
but there's always something new to learn about ourselves, about the people in our lives and about the world around us. And I, I, I love that there's no Mecca to get to. No. And actually, you know, to, to piggyback off of that, I think that has really been part of my journey lately is letting go of the comparison mm -hmm. that I don't feel spiritual enough. I think that was part of my struggle around even identifying with this term is that, well, I don't have a crystal collection and I don't meditate. I don't meditate. That's been a big one for me is like, I'm not a meditator. Mm -hmm. Can I be spiritual then? Mm -hmm. Everybody meditates. And it's really been this uh, as spirituality and mindfulness has thankfully become more mainstream. I have felt a little bit like, well, my version of spirituality doesn't look like the mainstream version. So am I doing it right? Do I qualify? Do I fit in? So it's, it's always that journey of, of self-acceptance as well. I think what I really take from that and what I hope our listeners hear too, is that there is no one right way to be a spiritual being. And I know sometimes it's really easy to look at Instagram and think, okay, well, so that person's got the crystals and the sage. And so clearly she's spiritual. Or maybe even, okay, so that person goes to church every Sunday and they've got the rosary and so forth. And so they're spiritual. And what I think we're learning is, well, certainly what I'm still learning too, is that there are infinite possibilities of how we can honor and express our spirituality, certainly in our businesses, but also just in our lives. And that part of the process, part of this evolution is learning what works for us in terms of what it means to practice our spirituality, what it means to step into our faith, and what it means to share that with the world, however that looks. I'm just like letting all that sink in for a sec, because <laughs> that's big stuff. And that's, that's big, brave stuff too. I think there's few things in the world that are as sensitive and that make us feel vulnerable as sharing our spiritual beliefs with people especially if they're not considered mainstream or especially if they go kind of against the grain or maybe what our families of origin came up with, it can feel really scary to step out and say, this is who I am and this is what I believe. Especially in today's business world where everything is about tactics and funnels and ads and <laughs> opt-ins. And I, I definitely think a misconception about spirituality is that it is this fluffy esoteric, ethereal thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think it actually can inform really inspired action. I know you feel similarly, but at the same time, you know, I think it's a very radical act to incorporate spirituality into your business when so much of, of how we do business today is, is, does not include that. And I think that's really what I want to see more of in the world. Honestly, it's why I started this podcast was because I want to see more of a holistic approach to entrepreneurship. And mm -hmm. it's not that, okay, you have to bring your spirituality and you must bring your faith in. No, but you deserve to have the choice. And that's what I really want to encourage the listeners of the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast to do is to really deeply explore their own belief system, their own spirituality. And then decide for themselves the extent to which they want to bring that out into the world, because that's a very personal decision. But again, it's all about the gift of choice and feeling like we are able to make the decision how we want to show up in the world. Well, I don't know about you. I wasn't expecting the conversation to go this way. 
I do too. I do too. I'm, I'm wondering as your, I'm wondering as your awareness of your own spirituality grows, how do you see that showing up in your business? TBD. Fair enough. TBD. Yeah. I think it looks more like, I think most, I think the first place it will manifest is on the back end, <laughs> is on the business owner side, is with me learning to, this year, my word of the year has been freedom. And so for me, that's been uh, freedom of self-expression and freedom to follow I- ideas and inspired action. And so I think that's been my journey as of late, and I need to lean more into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, listening to my intuition when it guides me in my business rather than feeling like I have to do all the things I should do. I am actually pretty good about following nudges. Even if something doesn't make sense on paper, being a sensitive person has really made me okay with like, I know this might not make sense to other people, but there is just some reason I need to do this or mm-hmm. that something needs to be a certain way or that I get this certain vibe <laughs> from something. Um, so I'm learning to trust that. But I think the spiritual journey looks more for me like incorporating some of these tools on the back end for me to really manage my energy as my business continues to grow. That's going to be one of my biggest challenges uh, is really sure that making, making sure that me mentally, emotionally, physically, that I'm in the right place. And I have, you know, my exercise and and my diet pretty dialed in, but it's really that spiritual component that I I think needs tending to and really relying on this sense in my business that I am, I am taken care of Um, that no matter what, everything will work out really leaning into this sense of the unexplainable drive that I have to, to do this work. You know, I couldn't imagine doing anything but this. I literally couldn't. I tried to do other things. I had another career before being a coach and I couldn't not coach. And so really just embracing that purpose and that connection to something that's bigger than me. Um, And I think when I do that, whenever I have done that, uh, the sensitive striver concept is one example of that. That was something mm-hmm. that I've resisted for years. And I, I, I actually, when I came up with the concept, I had all these, I was doing sort of a brainstorming session, had all this stuff all over my whiteboard and was just so frustrated, so frustrated and kind of stepped away from it, let it sit for a little while. And in kind of one big flash of insight, the concept it like all coalesced for me. And I really don't have a good explanation for that, except something bigger than me uh, guiding me to do that. And ever since I've been leaning into that and leaning much more into trusting myself in my business, it just continues to expand. So uh, I, I need to rely on and I want to rely on those spiritual principles to guide me as I continue to grow. I'm sitting here, you, you can't see me, but I'm like nodding my head back and forth because as you know, as I was developing this very podcast, mm-hmm. I was having a very similar experience. It's like I knew what I wanted to talk about and I knew everything that was important to me and I had no idea how to distill it down into mm-hmm. a message. 
and I was coming up with like all sorts of different concepts and I'm checking to see if domain names are available and if things are trademarked. And for weeks, I just felt like I was running up against a brick wall. And I remember it was you who basically said, you need to slow down and you need to step back. Mm -hmm. And I did. And so I just said, you know, this is going to come when it wants to come. Everything I've done so far has been very much about force and not about flow, which Mm -hmm. is the antithesis of how I wanted to feel in my business. And so you, I really followed your guidance and I stepped back. And of course, of course. The minute I stepped back and gave myself some, some breathing space, that's when Work Your Inner Wisdom came in. And I was like, that's it. That's it. There we go. So I bring that up because I want to acknowledge how your experience with Sensitive Striver and what it was like to come up with that concept really informed my experience of coming up with Work Your Inner Wisdom. And it was because you said, slow down, take a step back, give it some space, give your intuition some room to move and play. That's what ultimately led to me figuring out what it was I wanted to do. So I owe you a huge thanks for that. It all came from you. Well, thank you. You're right. It did. Thank you. I will own that. But again, you really helped me create the space to let it happen. So thank you. Well, I think that is just the perfect segue into the next segment of our podcast, which is the make it work moment. So the make it work moment is brought to you by my book, Act on Your Business, Braving the Storms of Entrepreneurship and Creating Success Through Meaning, Mindset, and Mindfulness. You can learn more about Act on Your Business at its website, actonyourbusiness.com, or you can head over to Amazon where it's available in paperback and Kindle. But I hope you'll pick up a copy and then let me know what you think of it. So Melody, in the make it work moment, this is where we take everything we've talked about in the episode so far and we make it actionable. We let the listeners know exactly what they can do today to apply this to their business and their lives. And so when I have guests on, I always love to ask them to work their inner wisdom and come up with a make it work moment. So I'm really curious what you have in store. My make it work moment that I want to offer for the listeners today really piggybacks on something we were just talking about, which is making space for your intuition, making space, creating a container for your energy, which is what I was talking about before. So I mentioned earlier the idea of time blocking your schedule, which is something you know the listeners could try. But another thing that I love to do is to create space for new opportunities. So for me, that looks like new clients. And how I actually do this is I have a whiteboard next to my desk. And when for at the beginning of every month or every quarter, I put a certain amount of slots on there, just open slots. And as new clients come in, as I welcome those people in, I put their name in those slots. For me, is it, it's a way of creating a space of welcoming in those people, you know, you could call it manifesting. But for me too, it's about knowing that this is where my energy is going. And then once those when those people come in, I can celebrate them. But also once those spots are full, that is where that that is the container of what my energy is going to. I'm not kind of in this endless search of just how many people can I bring on? Because I think as business owners, we get in this we, we can get in this phase of like, more is better. And sometimes it's not. More <laughs> drives you to burnout. Yeah, sometimes um, more is just more. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's not quality, you know, talking about excellence yeah. and quality. 
Um, so I want to encourage people to do that, whether it's a certain number of clients that you want to welcome in or speaking opportunities or students in a course. You can do this with spaces on a whiteboard. You can do this with post-it notes, however you want to do that, but to actively create that space to welcome those people in. I love that idea so much. I love it so much that actually, as soon as this interview is done, I'm going to do that for myself. Because right now I am working on a small group program all about tapping into your intuition and creating a framework so that you can allow that inner wisdom to guide your decision-making process in your business. And I'm, you know, I'm just doing kind of a soft launch right now, reaching out to people that I think would be a good fit. But I love the idea of literally creating space for each person by having something where I can write their name in it, whether it's a calendar, whether it's a post-it note. I think that is such a wonderful visual anchor to draw those people in and also to set the boundary. So when enough is enough, you're done. And I think that's really important too. Yes. That is so perfect. Melody, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. This has just been so much fun. It has been my honor to have you on the very first guest interview of the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast. We will definitely have to have you on again in the future. So I hope you enjoyed that interview with Melody Wilding. She is such a tremendous force in the coaching world. And I particularly appreciate the unique view she brings to sensitive strivers and how she really explores the overlap between sensitivity and ambition. And if that resonates with you, then you definitely need to be following her on Instagram at Melody Wilding, and you can learn more about her at MelodyWilding.com. She also runs an amazing Facebook group called The Haven. So if you go to Facebook and you search for The Haven, I'm sure it will come up but you can also learn more at MelodyWilding.com. I will have links to all of Melody's profiles as well as more information about what we discussed at the show notes page. So you can go to workyourinnerwisdom.com slash two, that's the number two, and learn more. While you're there, if you have not already signed up for free access to the Wisdom Library, you are absolutely going to want to do that. I add all sorts of resources, guides, and tools you need to start, grow, and scale your spiritually aligned business. So head on over to workyourinnerwisdom.com slash free and learn how to access the wisdom library. So we talked about so much in today's episode, and we're going to continue the conversation in the Work Your Inner Wisdom Facebook community. So head on over to facebook.com slash groups slash work your inner wisdom and request to join the community. You'll find a host of other spiritually minded entrepreneurs who are looking to build their businesses anchored in what matters most to them. And we would love to have you over there. So head on over to Facebook and just type in work your inner wisdom or go to facebook.com slash groups slash work your inner wisdom and we'll see you in the group. Thanks again to those of you who have already left your five-star review of this podcast over at iTunes. It really does make a difference. Reviews are one of the ways that people learn about us. And so if you haven't already left a review, I would be so honored if you would take two minutes out of your day to leave a review. It really will help us build this community of spiritually minded entrepreneurs, and you get to be a part of that. So thank you in advance. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you'll join me next week for another episode of the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast. I'm Lee Shea McDonough, and until next time, let your inner wisdom lead the way.